At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network? One on one conversations with some of your favorite artists. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. What else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network? Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that wants to play a game, it's SIFPOD. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most weekends are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get those perks. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he's given this podcast a thousand Sundays, but it ain't worth three Saturday afternoons. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. Ahoy. Uh, each week we'll chat about movies, television, whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. We didn't know he was a podcaster. We thought he was a singer-songwriter. It's Ian Whittington, ladies and gentlemen. Hey. Woo. Hey, guys. That voice was terrifying. That is amazing, and I want it now. <laughs> yeah, it's called Voice Mod. It's free. Yeah. I'm sure you can find a voice mod somewhere. Uh, Ian is joining us for the first time. Uh, which, by the way, means for our amazing Sif Pop members, you got to hear his list of shame game uh, for this week's uh, bonus podcast for our amazing Sif Pop members. So that was fun, and it's good to have you on, man. I came into contact uh, through mutual friend of the show, well, actually host emeritus of the show, Danae Hughes, uh, who does D&D mm. stuff uh, with Ian and found out he was a big-time movie lover. Uh, I went on uh, their podcast, uh, D&D Therapy, uh, out of nowhere one morning just got a text hey want to come on a podcast this morning and uh you was, got all the notice was able Wait, to do that Aaron, you got an invite to be on a DD podcast uh, for me i know right who would have thought of it oh you a DD man indeed oh, aaron see you later all right bye <laughs> yeah. get off Get off your own show. Uh, yeah. So, met him through that. We had fun talking Wallace and Gromit and some other uh, movie stuff. Uh, you may have picked up Ian has a just a little bit of a 
little bit of an accent. Bit of a twang. A bit of a twang. Uh, that is because... He speaks the king's English. Uh, Ian, Indeed. Ian is uh, from the UK and uh, is on a podcast called An Englishman and an Irishman Go to the Movies. Is that correct? Correct. I play the Irishman, just to <laughs> confuse everybody. <laughs> Wait, is that true? <laughs> no, it's not. It's okay. absolutely not. The entire the entire episode would be very offensive because I can't do accents. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard your southern US accent. Uh, it's 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 pretty yeah, terrible. Yeah, deliberately not. Yeah, not doing that. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> uh, so we're happy to have Ian on the show. Uh, another fellow movie lover and a podcaster. And again, if you want to check out the podcast, it is called An Englishman and an Irishman. Go to the movies. Uh, before we get into the reviews and all that stuff today, which we've got a great show uh, heading into today, I do want to let you know that Sif Pop has been invited uh, to have an HQ page on Letterboxd. Uh, now, what that means is if you're a Letterboxd user, it's kind of the thing they do for websites, podcasts, uh, media companies, where you can do lists of the stuff you're talking about on the show, uh link to articles where you have reviews on the website, all that kind of stuff. So if you're interested in that and you're on Letterboxd, just search for Sif Pop, and uh, the HQ page should pop up there. And then when we do best ever challenges, that kind of stuff, those lists will be there for you to put on your watch list. If there's something we mentioned that uh, you want to make sure you see, uh, that will be available there for you. So again, that is on Letterboxd if you do the Letterboxd thing, which I do and have been really getting into this year. Uh, and enjoying that. Um, so yeah, I wanted to make sure you guys knew about that before we got into the show today. Uh, we've got all the usual stuff, Buried Treasure. We've got a Best Ever Challenge, Best Ever W movies. Uh, we're going to talk about The Woman in the Window in Spiral uh, for the movies um, today. So that's going to be the show today, and let's get right into it. Let's talk about Spiral. Find him. They're hours, not days. How can I catch this guy? If there's nobody on the bus, I can bust! You can't do this alone. Whoever did this has another motive. Something personal. When was the last time you saw your father? Jigsaw copycat. This is gonna go sideways fast. I'm a nuts man like a spiral. Working in the shadow of his father, Detective Ezekiel Zeke Banks and his rookie partner take charge of an investigation into grisly murders that are eerily reminiscent of the city's gruesome past. Unwittingly entrapped in a deepening mystery, Zeke finds himself at the center of the killer's morbid game. Uh, Spiral is, of course, the latest kind of reboot of the Saw franchise. Uh, Chris Rock bringing this one to us, Samuel Jackson in there as well. And uh, I'm really, really curious about this. I have never seen a Saw movie until this week. And I decided to watch the first Saw movie uh, before getting into Spiral. It is the one I had heard from most of my movie friends uh, that I might enjoy. It's the purest of the idea, is what they, they said. You know, this idea of puzzles and... You know, uh, the idea of, you know, solving these, you know, gruesome puzzles to figure out, you know, what's going on and that kind of stuff. So uh, that it would appeal to me on that level, if no other level. So we'll talk about our history with the franchise uh, here soon. But let's go ahead and kick it off with our overall thoughts on Spiral itself. Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Ian. Uh, I Disliked it, verging on hated it. Ooh, so okay. Just 
on that board. I'm going to stay in disliked it, but that might change the more I talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I know that feeling. I know yeah. that feeling. Andrew, what about you? I think Ian is like, well, I'm new on the show. I don't know if I need to come in with and hate it immediately. Yeah. I've been here for a long time. I'll say I hated it. <laughs> I really hated it. That makes me feel better. Good. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go hate uh, it as well. Um, oh I, my I, god, this is a horrible movie. I, oh, it is. So I, I will say, I will say, I'm willing to give it a high side of hated it. If that's a thing, like you know, if you can go like, I hate mm-hmm. this movie, but you know, it's like the lessest, the lesser hate I can have. Um, oh, okay, yeah. okay. I thought when you meant high hate, like you really. Yeah, hated it's weird it, when so. you start talking about it that way, yeah. isn't it? No, oh, I struggled with that yeah. distinction as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> as the you know, so you got hated it down here at the bottom. It's it's up towards the top of uh, the hated it, mm-hmm. which means the least of the hated it. But at the top of the hated it, I can see why it's confusing. Anyhow, I Guys. almost. <laughs> what I'll say is, I almost didn't like it. <laughs> that, Wait, that means you liked it, <laughs> right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Nothing is clearing anything up. Wait, what, guys? I got a question. Is Chris Rock a horrible actor? (laughs) Um, in this, well, I mean, Fargo. This is bad. Have you seen him in Fargo? Oh, the no. Was that this season or was the season before? It was this season. I haven't seen this season. No, I haven't seen the last one I saw was the uh, Ewan McGregor season. I liked him in Fargo. Um, and I think okay. as with most people and most actors, material is going to play quite a role. Direction's going to play quite a role. Editing's going to play quite a role. I really give actors a lot of benefit of the doubt because at the end of the day, they are very rarely in charge of the performance that's put on screen. In fact, oftentimes actors are asked to go against their instincts because a director wants something different and so like i give actors a lot of benefit of the doubt um so i you know it's hard for me to say chris rock is a bad actor because i liked him in fargo for one and for two you just never know what happened behind the scenes um but yes in this it's rough and he's not the only one that's rough no Um, they're all bad everybody's horrible in in this movie i think it sounds like maybe ian and i liked it about the same ian i'm gonna start with you because I want you to, I, I know for a fact you have watched the other Saw movies and even in a weird way consider yourself a fan of the franchise. Andrew and I are not. Um, that is, this is definitely not up our alley. So I think we should start with you. Kind of give us your background on your Saw history and then kind of lead that into your thoughts on Spiral. Okay. It all started back in 1995. <laughs> if we're going way back. So the reason. Yeah. I think the reason I like the Saw franchise, and I am—I think I described it to you, Aaron, as I'm a Saw apologist. Um, the thing I like about horror films is that they will get a reaction out of you. Like, if they're doing the right thing, they will definitely... They can do extreme things that make you go, oh, that might be, oh, I need to look away from this, or it might be, wow, that's unique. And Saw, the very first one, absolutely did that for me. Um are we okay to spoil a film that came out <laughs> yes. forever and ever yeah, again? I think, I think that's a cool... I mean, I know that these movies are twist-based. They're very twisty. That's kind of one yeah. of the things Huge. they try to do. Yeah. In fact, I've been told that as the, the sequels go on, they're just basically twist-fests. They just... Exponentially yeah. more twisty and exponentially less logical yeah. um, as it goes on. Yeah. Um, but with the, go ahead with the... I mean, you know, it's, it's fine. So the, the ending of the, the mystery... 
in the first saw and you've got your, your two chaps in there that you don't know why they're there they don't know why they're there they're drip fed clues watching him go through the decision to cut his own leg off like that decision is agonizing and it goes on for so so long mm-hmm. and it is at the very last point of no return that he has to to do that right and that's not even the final thing you've got the 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 reveal at the end that kramer is in the room the whole movie it has been mm-hmm. staring you right in the face and that hooked me and i think i still watch saw seven because i enjoyed saw one so much mm-hmm. and i was like every single film i am i think i'm chasing the feeling of the first film have you ever the gotten best close way to describe it have you ever gotten close to that feeling <sighs> no <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh, no ah uh, that's too no, bad no honestly not which is yeah which is sad considering the amount of hours <laughs> i've put into watching i've so this year sorry halloween just gone um i rewatched all of them for for my my podcast um mm. and decided that was a bad idea because i did them all and my co-host didn't and he was like well i didn't quite get around to it so yeah it was just me having a really bad time so uh how does that lead in kind of to spiral like some overall general thoughts on this one as somebody who is chasing that you know idea of the first one has watched all of them you know where does this one rank what are some of your general thoughts on it so I didn't go... The Chris Rock thing is really interesting. I didn't go into this thinking, oh, Chris Rock's going to ruin it. I actually thought, wow, that's pretty cool. Chris Rock, Samuel L. Jackson, that's that's bold. Um, until I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, Chris Rock's going to be shouting a lot in this film, isn't he? <laughs> and, and he absolutely is. Um, the film, I think I put it bottom. It is dead bottom of the oh, franchise for okay. me. It, it feels like a fan of the franchise who hadn't watched the films in about 10 years, described it to somebody else, and then that person converted that into like a charades thing to the creator of this film, and that's how he ended up with this film. Like a game of uh, telephone, like an old school game of telephone. Exactly, and the message has got completely lost, and all of, you can see some of the hallmarks and some of the things, but they've taken, I think they've taken all of the the wrong messages Mm -hmm. from, from the previous films plonked it in here and thought Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson doing Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson things would save the movie. And it, it just doesn't. Is there anything knowing it's at the, the bottom of the list for you? Maybe I am the one who liked this the most. Um, is, knowing, <laughs> knowing that it's at the bottom of the list for you, is there anything you took out of it that you enjoyed? Like anything, any um, positives? Yeah. So when I was writing my notes, I started highlighting what was good and bad to make it easier to find. And it just became a page of red with one little green thing. So I I ditched the highlighting system entirely. It was redundant. So the opening five minutes, I was like, cool. This this starts with no baggage. There's no previously on Saw, which is what later in the franchise it basically became. This was completely fresh, new new people knew everything we know that john is dead and it yeah it just it felt fresh it was like okay this is a chance to start without the baggage of the previous films mm-hmm. and now i wish it had started with the baggage of the previous films <laughs> <laughs> but it, that started out as a positive but it didn't pay off um as as we get through the film yeah i you're right there is something about a reboot that has the chance to because that's what this really is i mean i know it's a sequel yeah. it is absolutely 100 percent a sequel it takes mm-hmm. place in the same universe it, it understands that this is something you know that uh, these other movies have happened 
But it doesn't address them in really any major way other than through a little bit of lip service about, you know, the characters. You've got your your cliche stereotype of everything pinned on a board and you get the glory shots. Right, right. Um, So there is a chance in rebooting like that to make it something new, to do something interesting. And I think if I'm seeing what I think I'm seeing here, I think the idea was to make this social commentary was the the idea was to talk about the racial element of things to I mean there's no mistaking some of the final things that happen in this movie mm-hmm. as making a statement uh about the racial issues we're dealing with in 2021 and in America you know for totally agree since 1776 <laughs> you know like, <laughs> there's there's no mistaking that there's a racial reckoning here that is trying that point's trying to be made and it's not just the end in kind of the more obvious nods to it throughout there are conversations in fact the whole plot yeah. line is about the police and you know um crooked cops and that you know it's it's right baked in there so I think that's what they were trying to do, but it is such a mess that none of it can really resonate. None of it can can come to the front in a way where you feel it. Like you watch Get Out, right? And you know there's social commentary going on here, but the story is so good and so well told that you get to experience the very literal story in front of you while also feeling the ramifications of the social commentary that's underneath it and the metaphor that's underneath it. This movie doesn't give you that chance because its story is such a mess and everything is so jumbled that any of these kind of moments of trying to appeal to some sort of theme or commentary, they're just undermined. They just have no way to resonate because they just seem like winks. They seem like winks and nods instead of any kind of meaningful foundation to what the film is doing. Um, and so there's that, no metaphor here. It's just there no, it is. Yeah. Yeah. There really isn't in there could have been like the, like, yeah. you know, it, there's a different way, I think, um, to make this movie where you start with the story that is the evocative of the thing you want to say, but it's just a good solid story. And then you build in the framework of, you know, the Saw franchise and in those kind of things. Um, so yeah, that, that to me is the reason why I say hated it, but a very light hated it, you know, high side of hated it, however you want to say it, because I do want to give respect for what I think they were trying to do, but I also think they fail at doing it. So, you know, it's kind of one of those, it's almost more disappointing in that way. Uh, but yeah, I, I did want to give credit for that. I think a good analogy is that it's is is the framework thing. So Star Trek is a framework for telling stories like this. Mm-hmm. And Saw may not the Saw franchise may not be the first place you go for these deep commentaries on society, but absolutely could have been. Yeah. Like like you said, it absolutely could have done that, but it just took a sledgehammer to it instead of any kind of precision tool. It reminds me a lot, in fact, of the first season of the Jordan Peele Twilight Zone uh reboot. Uh, because that first season of that Twilight Zone reboot felt very much like this. Messy stories that hammered those metaphors. You know, they, it wasn't a metaphor. It was just right there in front of you. You know, a lot more didactic than the Twilight Zone has been. Second season did a little better, in my opinion. But it's that same thing of finding that balance of just telling a great story that has those themes and messages underneath where they're able to resonate, where you can find that foundation and, and then translate them. And uh, in this movie, 
just doesn't do that. Andrew, what are some of your uh, general thoughts? I think you're on the lowest uh, hated it bar here. <clears throat> well, um, talking about, you know, the metaphors and the social commentary, stuff like that, I think, and obviously this is a white man in America's perspective on the whole thing. So they're getting that, sure. you know, right up front. Um, but it seemed like it was too... Uh, extreme like it was too ridiculous for me to believe like whatever social commentary you were trying to bring to the forefront is kind of negated by this unrealistic delivery of like how a system works or Mm -hmm. how we're supposed to believe that something like this could go on without any kind of insight or if there was insight that it would be I'm trying to, you know, while talking about it, trying to, you know, pitter-patter around, you know, the actual storyline and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Which, also going back to the actual structure of the story itself, what I liked about the first Saw movie is that it decided it was going to be a horror... Time's up! A horror movie... (laughs) You're done. Yeah, see you guys. Um... No, but it was a horror movie that decided that it wasn't going to follow the formula that had been set in stone since, like, the 70s, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that there was going to be, you know, an interesting twist. And granted, I think that the first Saw movie kind of revolutionized and gave fresh blood to the horror genre because there were new, interesting horror movies that came out after Saw. And I do think that Saw, the original one with Carrie Ells, had you know, something to do with this new life that had been brought to the uh, horror genre. But at the same time, this movie is so paint-by-numbers on the new soft formula that all the big twists and everything that we are coming to expect are so painfully obvious that there is nothing in this that you find, ooh, I didn't see that coming. This is a total paint-by-numbers saw horror movie uh i think i've seen the first one and then the next two and this one i don't know how many saw movies there are total but uh i've seen more than one nine Um, i think how many nine i think nine you've got seven main ones and then jigsaw which was a prequel spoiler and now this one is number nine yeah and ten is apparently in the works which will quite cleverly be called Saw 10. Yeah. Wow. Yes. But I think that this movie, because of the way it was marketed, you know, this is not... I guess we could say this isn't Jigsaw. We've said that already, right? I, well, I think that is that is something... Well, I guess with this series, you never know. But, I, I mean, if you, if, if you know the Saw movies, you, you know, it's... Yeah. I was still Kramer's, waiting for it to be Jigsaw. Kramer's dead. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That yeah. hasn't stopped him in any of the other movies. <laughs> yeah. Him being That's dead true. That has not stopped him at all. But this movie was marketed as a we are revamping this franchise, you know. And whenever you hear that, what it told me, and I guess I was wrong, is that we're going to go back to the basic formula. This isn't going to be a gore fest where you know. There, it's just bloody and gross for two hours, and there might be a twist in there. It's going to have an interest, intricate philosophical meaning behind the horror. That is, and that 
that you know that discussion that you're having like whether you know this is a penance or whether this is you know uh, ramifications or you know you know god calling on your sins or anything like that you know there's there was something about that first movie that built up to the end where Carrie cuts off his foot, you know? Yeah. It wasn't, you know, that's not the first thing. And there were, I'm not, I feel like I'm just revamping the whole first Saw movie. But yes, there are like... <laughs> Let's just do are, that instead. Yeah, there are parts of that movie where, you know, you, you get like flashbacks to previous murders and stuff like that. But it all comes down to that central story with those two guys in the cellar. Why are they there? What do they have to do? It was a suspense thriller that had gore elements. It wasn't a gore film that tried to do suspense elements. One of those can work. The other can't. I'm, I'm, having, I'm having thoughts. Um, apologies. It just happens. Uh, but is it possible that Escape Room stole some of the ingenuity behind what some people liked about Saw? Like, that there's this idea that puzzle, the puzzle-making of the whole thing was really part of the formula that people really enjoyed about that first movie and maybe parts of the others, I don't know. And something like Escape Room, that's what it's about. It's the, you know, it's the puzzle solving. It's the, you know, because in the first Saw movie, you have the X marks the spot where you have to turn off the lights. Like you've got, you've yeah. got these moments where there's, there's like almost Escape Room elements to it. Yeah. Um, and so I just, I wonder if like that's the, because I think they're going to make more of those. They should make more of those Escape Room movies. I think that was you know, really fun. Um, but, uh, but I wonder if that's, um, if, if escape rooms in general or just our idea of them have filtered to a way where a movie like Saw's like, well, I don't want to play in that universe. That's a little mainstream. That's a little, you know what I mean? Like there's, I don't that know. That is super meta. That is such a meta way to make your own film. Like the <laughs> thing that my original film influenced, I'm not going to be that thing anymore. Wait, right. Not, but you are the thing that you influenced <laughs> because you're the thing that, but so I, my my love of horror actually goes straight back to the cube, which is my favorite you horror go. film yeah. of all time, and that just that is a saw film before saw happened, and it's um, an escape room type film too. It's like, an escape room, and that just taps. That's probably really weird, but it taps into something in my brain that I like. But yeah. I really hope it never happens to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's. I think what it. I mean, if you really want to get deep on the psychology of it, the idea of an escape room and the idea of what you're dealing with is that human need to be able to escape the the worst parts of our life through our gifts and our intelligence. Like the idea that no matter what happens to us, we want to know we're smart enough to get out of it. And so it, it appeals to that part of our ego, that part of who we are as humans, that's like, yeah, you think you've got me trapped, but I'm smarter than you. Like, you know, so that's, yeah. there's definitely something and about it. I think it. the Cube does that better because that plays with you almost have like six different personalities there and each personality is a different area of your psyche and which one is going to be more successful um and it's entertaining because it's it's smart people using their brains to get out of stuff and the saw films generally aren't this one doesn't even give them enough time no. to be smart and there's Not nothing to be that smart about they're never going to escape there's nothing right. to be that smart about. Like the, the thing, It's just a choice. Yes, exactly. Do I want to live or do I want to not live? Yeah. There is no puzzle here. Um, and, yeah. and that's the, uh, Andrew, you mentioned how predictable you felt like any of the twists in this were. And you're so dead on with that, at least for me. 
in that this is one of this is one of the strangest things. I don't even know that we need to do a spoiler cast on this. And how do you do a sm- a saw movie where you don't even yeah. need to talk about the spoilers to talk about the movie? Like that's just that's really frustrating. You know what I mean? Like it's I yeah. don't know. The twist it's, is so telegraphed. It is. It is so yeah. telegraphed. There is no one. Sorry, there's no one else. It can be. Uh huh. The, yeah. the twist of <laughs> yeah there's, there's isn't and that reveal is really the only twisty thing the movie tries to do too so yeah, yeah. it's just it's i don't know it's it, yeah. yeah there's there's nothing we to it knew. it's very shallow yeah in that way it, it's paint by numbers but it uses somehow the wrong colors even <laughs> though it's it's got the colors right in front of them it still mixes them up it's like oh that's a one and a one well we got green and we got blue cool let's do it yeah. Yeah, there is uh there is the all the wrong lessons thing. I think you mentioned that Ian. You know, I think there is also something about this franchise that has become mired in we've you know, we've got to do grosser and grosser things, darker and darker things, you know, it's it's always gotta be about dismemberment or, you know, whatever the case may be. And it's like, look, the first Saw movie wasn't successful because he cut his leg off. That's not why that movie was successful. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. And so yeah. you're taking the wrong lesson. Like it's not it's not the dismemberment that made that movie good. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's <laughs> so frustrating. Yeah. What I Aaron, you haven't even told us what you thought about the first Saw movie yet. Like, did you like it? Sure. Um, I didn't, but mainly because I liked the stuff we're talking about, and we have talked, I think, many times about uh, like gore is just I if I just. It's one of those things that feels, and this is the only word I know how to use in that it communicates what I'm trying to say. It feels pornographic to me in many ways. In other words, it feels to appeal to this really base part of our violent nature that I just, I'm not, it doesn't appeal to me uh, in that way. Um, So there is that element of the original Saw film that just feels so full of darkness that, or gore or grotesqueness, as it were, um, that it just, it, 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 you know, my, my needle goes like this, where it's like, yeah. oh, that's kind of interesting, but I didn't need to see that. No, but no, then, no, I don't need that. Yeah, yeah. So, in fact, there's, you know, the <laughs> the, the the one-sentence review of uh, the Saw movies for me, would if I had to see them all, probably would be, I, I didn't need to see that. <laughs> that would probably be my, <laughs> my, my one-sentence uh, review. But, uh, but, yeah, it's so, I, I did not like it. However... I did see why people do, and I do think it's a smarter movie than this one is, and then I assume the other Saw movies are. Uh, I have not seen those. Um, it's doing yeah. some interesting things. But like I said, you know what? I would, I, And that's maybe why I like Escape Room more than most, because it has that stuff, but it's not about the gore, even as it's about the tension and about mm-hmm. the kills or whatever. It's not about them being grotesque or showing things that, you know... Are ultra violent or those kind of ideas. Well, with the first movie, you have that centralized location. So since you're mm-hmm. stuck in that room with these guys, yeah, you get to invoke that detective element of your mind yes. where you're looking yes. around the room with yeah. them yeah. and you're trying to solve the puzzle. Where in this one, I'm going into it thinking, oh, I'm following the detective. I'm going to get to try and solve this with the detective. Maybe he's going to nope. pick up on things I don't, or maybe I'm going to pick up on things he's missing. But everybody's so dumb in this movie that it's... And also, they don't give the audience time to try... Not that there, not that there is a puzzle to solve, 
like you, it was like you said, uh, do you want to die or do you not want to die? You know, there's no puzzle to this movie. And that is the thing everybody loves about the first Saw movie is the puzzle element. How are they going to get out? Let me see if I can figure out how to get out of this before they do. Let me see if I can solve this before they do. That's what. That's how you feed breadcrumbs and you know cheese and goodies to the audience, where you want to get them, you know, coming back for more. Like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna solve this puzzle. It's exciting, you know. But at the same time, you feel the tension of there are stakes here. If I don't solve this in time, you know, not for me, but for this guy. And that makes it better on a rewatch as well, because it gives yes. you a chance to pick up those clues again and think, you know what. The film laid it all out in front of me. I just didn't quite get there, and that's this film isn't worth rewatching. Um, and oh, and gosh, our no. our jigsaw in this film, in inverted commas, lays it right out in in front of us. He says, "You bring you bring me the cops, and I'll kill them." It it just, it just puts it in front of you. It's like there is no attempt to get out of this. There is no puzzle. Yeah. They are just going to die. Inverted commas. Is that quotation marks? Oh wait. Is that quote? quotation marks? Okay, yeah, no, sorry, no, that no, might be fine. an English thing. Sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> I just wanted to make sure because you said jigsaw in inverted commas, and I was like, "Oh, quotation Wait, marks, what? quotation marks." I get yes. it. I get it. That was a more fun puzzle than this entire movie. Was me figuring and you out. You got one. it. I got it. You got it. Well done. You get to live, Aaron, uh, Andrew. Sorry, you die. <laughs> oh, I would definitely die in a saw. Uh, oh, it would. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> I uh I I also think there are some of these quote unquote puzzles that are not puzzles. Uh let's just say contraptions, machines, whatever. Did you mean inverted commas? Uh, yes, <laughs> yes I did. Uh that that aren't even clear what's really going on. There's there's one involving glass that makes no sense to me whatsoever. Like I I get the idea behind it but it's like what is he supposed to do what are you trying to figure out from that like there's just there's it's just oh this would be cool let's see if we can show this because the actual Uh setting up of it which would have taken ages to set up (laughs) is not worth any kind of payoff that is unclear what the payoff would be like you know it's just it's ridiculous. The traps themselves used to be metaphors, and the film starts with it. The mm-hmm. tongue trap mm-hmm. is—I'm not going to say it's clever, but it well, is it's at least metaphorical. It's reflective. Yeah, yeah, it's reflective of why that person is in the trap. Later on in the film, it's just like, yeah, no, that's cool. Let's do that. <laughs> there's no—you're right. There's no meaning behind them. Yeah, I cannot wait for a movie that actually shows a jigsaw trap that doesn't work. <laughs> like he he had one bolt that wasn't tightened all the way, and then it just throws off everything else. And no, that that like, happens. Wait, it does. It does happen in one of the. It's because it's not Jigsaw that makes the trap. It's somebody else, and they botch it. Um, uh. I'm not saying it's worth watching all of the films because I can't even tell you which one it was. But something along yeah. those lines does happen. That's and fine. It's That's interesting. Not executed as as fun as you'd think. Uh, <laughs> any final thoughts on this? Uh, from either of you, please don't watch it. Yeah, it's not. It's definitely <laughs> it, not actually. Ian, you're the. You're the. Apparently, you're the horror guy. So. Oh I no! No! Don't do that. I'm not. <laughs> compared to Aaron. And yes, I, yeah, of the three of, the three of us, three of us perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess your recommendation, whether or not you think this is a worthy horror film, would hold way more weight than what we'd have to say. Don't watch it. 
I do have. I do have. A, I have two two final thoughts. Thoughts. Which sorry, I'm going to break the rules. Um, did anybody know or get a attempt at Tarantino feel at the beginning with Chris Rock talking about Forrest Gump and a little the bit of that, random yeah. conversations? It's kind of so the the chap that made this film has made three other Saw films. Or directed three other Saw films. So he's kind of, it felt like he's being extremely self-indulgent. And you know what? I'm going to have a bit of a play here. And it just didn't, nah, didn't work. And it didn't, didn't carry, work. and it didn't really carry through with that character either. You know, it, was, no, it doesn't was, make any sense. Well, no, there was one more moment in the car where he kind of got a little, you know, when he was talking about relationships and that kind of stuff. It was, it was a little more like, it was just, it felt to me like, here's a chance for Chris Rock to do some stand up. That's what it felt like uh, to me. A hundred percent. There was dragging in some Chris Rock yeah, stand up. Yeah. Um, I can end on a positive, and and that is that the the theme tune just absolutely got me. So even though the crescendo at the end of this film doesn't deserve the bum 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 yeah. bum bum, yeah, it was still there and it gave me tingles. And I was like, no no no, don't enjoy this. This is bad. <laughs> like, bum, bum, you bum. can't use my nostalgia <laughs> against me. Yeah, yeah, how dare you? <clears throat> how dare you? Uh, <laughs> very nice. The movie is Spiral. It is in theaters. Uh, and uh, we didn't like it, Sadly. so we don't think you should see it. Uh, nope. All right, let's move on to The Woman in the Window. This is a safe place. I'm agoraphobic. I can't go outside. I've been slipping, getting into a really dark frame of mind. What's the latest on the street? Your neighbor, she's become a friend. Her name is Jane Russell. Do you want to go outside? You know, I have a shrink of my own. <laughs> Agoraphobic Dr. Anna Fox witnesses something she shouldn't while keeping tabs on the Russell family, the seemingly picture-perfect clan that lives across the way. Uh, this is Amy Adams, Julianne Moore, Gary Oldman, Wyatt Russell, and Anthony Mackie. Making uh, making a return together, uh, Falcon and uh, not Captain America uh, coming together. By uh, Brian Tyree Henry, <laughs> uh, Tracy Letts wrote this and is in it uh, as well. Um, Jennifer Jason Lee showing up here too. Big cast, lots of interesting stuff going on. Directed by Joe Wright. Uh, there's certainly some some talented names involved here. It's on Netflix. Um, what did you guys think of Woman in the Window? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Andrew, you start this time. Hey, guys. What if we made Rear Window but bad? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with I didn't like it. Close to okay, but I didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah, Ian? I am, I'm firmly in liked it. Okay. Um, I was... No, I liked it. Great. Liked it. Great. Uh, I'm firmly in didn't liked it. Uh, sounds like I liked it the least of the three of us. Uh, Ian, sounds like you liked it the most. So why don't you start? What are some of the things you liked about uh, the woman in the window? Um, I, I mean, there's some themes that are that are right there that are really worth talking about. But I really, really enjoyed the way this film was shot. In particular, there is there is some stuff that they do with the camera work and some some shots in particular. So the kitchen um, and the car is probably enough to not spoil anything. That. Um, I thought was fantastic. Maybe it was taking the metaphor a bit too far, but just the the way they 
the way they show anxiety and just how difficult that can be. And I think the film does a great job of putting you in um, in Anna, the character's shoes. Um, for a little bit like the father in that respect of... <sighs> It's tricky. I can I can see why people wouldn't like it, but um, I, I personally think it does a really good job of showing that. Nice, uh, Andrew. What about you? What are some of your uh, general thoughts? Uh, well, I do think that Amy Adams does give a pretty good performance in this movie. Um, the way that she is able to fully realize this character um, is impressive because doing a character like this and agoraphobic, you know, it can be difficult well the same because there's there has to be more to the character than just a symptom you know mm-hmm. and i think that she does a really good job of humanizing this character making them making her care about you know what she used to do like as a as a psychologist and stuff like that you really feel that like that need that you feel a need to protect while at the same time being feeling trapped by an illness. Um, I think that she does a really good job with that performance. There are some elements, like you said, with the way this movie shot. Like like you said, there's an element with a car that I thought was, ooh, I like the way that that was shot. That was beautiful. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of beautiful shots in this. Switching to cons real quick, before we, this, uh, still in general, um, it, the the payoff for this movie is uh, unwarranted and undeserving. That I so, totally agree with. 100%. Yeah. yeah. The ending kept me back from loving it. I was kind of in loved it right up until your third act. And then, then it just lost me. We, we, we all had a similar experience, but like a varying degree, like a different starting point. Um, I was okay mm. with this movie for most of it. I was like, okay, all right. I'm not having a great time, but you know, I, the performances are all right. Um, I get what it's trying to do here. And then that last 20 minutes happened or whatever it is. And I was just like, no, this movie's terrible. <laughs> I was like, I, it's, it changes genre. It really it entirely does. Entirely changes genre. Yeah. For no good reason at all. And Some a of the choices. insulting as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. Some of the choices it makes in that last 20 minutes is just like, was wow. this the movie you thought you were the whole time? Like, is like, yes. Did like, I miss something? Yeah. Here? Did, did you really think this way? is what we were doing? Like, you know, yeah. I, it's really strange. Really strange. Yeah, some of shame. the choices it makes. Um, you know, there's a yeah, yeah. Gardening tools, man. Gardening tools. I'm just oh, saying. No need. I'm just saying. No like, yeah. I'm just saying. That's not the movie this was for the for the yeah. vast majority of it. That's not the movie this was, and it's just it's it's. It's just strange to me of the choices that are made down the the end. Um, it's funny, Andrew, that you mentioned the rear window thing. That was actually literally my letterbox review. Was it's like someone watched rear window and went, "What if this?" But super confusing. Um, <laughs> yeah, actually, what's the movie with Shia LaBeouf? It, it's not a uh, uh, where he's yeah, Disturbia. Disturbia. Yeah, that's a better movie than this mm-hmm. yes. because it realized from the get go what kind of movie it wanted to be. Right. You know. Yeah, Disturbia. Um, I really like Disturbia. I think that's a that's a good watch. Yeah. Uh, if you want, but I think there's a really easy way to fix to fix this film to make it like that, make it more consistent. There is just a really you can't get into it without spoilers, obviously. But mm-hmm. there is a simple change you can make that I think rescues the ending. Uh, I'm interested to hear it. I think we will do a sif spoil on this one uh, because there are some things that happen towards the end. The movie, the movie wants its its twist moments, and okay, fine, have them. But you know, um, so we'll t- we'll you talk about seven. <laughs> we'll talk about those in the 
in the Sif spoil. Um, but there's plenty of talk uh, to talk about without spoiling this. Uh, one of which is the confusion for me, which was a big deal to me because I understand unreliable narrator. I understand the idea of um, the audience uh, can choose what to believe about what they're being shown and about what's happening and, and who it's coming from. But this movie to me seemed really inconsistent in the way it would lead you towards what you were supposed to believe or what you weren't supposed to believe. Um, the movie is is doing some... It's doing some purposeful confusion here that I just don't think is is necessary and kind of uh, undermines you know what it wants to do overall. And for me, I I got to the end and I was just like, okay, I think I can piece together what what the story is, but you didn't give me the pieces in a way that made that an attractive journey for me. So yeah, yeah. Aaron. Back in 2016, you and I had reviewed a movie called The Girl on the Train. Do you remember yes. that, the Emily Blunt movie? I do, yes. This feels a lot like that movie. Yeah, yeah. Not, not with the similar titles, you know, Woman in the Window, Girl on a Train, stuff like that. <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, the female on something, you know. Um, but it's it's a... <laughs> classic but classic un- Hollywood but genre. It's, <laughs> but it's, a, you know, that unreliable narrator, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's an unreliable narrator that is not portrayed in a way that proves that the narrator's unreliable yet is still cohesive and understanding for the audience to go along with i mean that's a very hard thing to do i think that's why i gave uh uh the father last year such high props because you know anthony hopkins is such an unreliable narrator but Mm -hmm. at the same time we as the audience know and understand exactly what is going on with that character and what's going on with the movie. Yes. It's very, it's very difficult, but if you don't think you can do it, don't attempt it. Yeah, I, you know? that's, a great, that's a great comparison to make, uh, Andrew. The Father is such a, a, it's a look at how to do this correctly, where the confusion yeah. is intentional, but you know, you know very early on how to interpret it. You know what I mean? Like the, the movie isn't hiding stuff from you so that you have no foundation. You have confusion on top of foundation. And that is such a better journey than just confusion on top of no foundation. And yeah, no, that the father is a, a great thing to compare to this. Um, yeah. And the, you know, the last 20 minutes of the father doesn't involve garden tools. So, you know, like there's, there's <laughs> that true. as well. There's that as, as well. well. It shouldn't <laughs> for me. I actually, um, I was okay with the confusion and I think, I don't know. It might might be personal experience, but I, I kind of I understood where it was going, and I was I'm not going to say happy to sit in it because that is the wrong, the wrong adjective entirely. Sure. But I was okay sitting in it and understanding that this is this is how anxiety works, and this is you 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 can question everything. You can have that need for repetition, and the gaslighting in this film is on a on another level and and the amount of victim blaming as well um and i had just for some reason went into the film with the faith that it was all going to be explained at the end and it and it is ish. but perhaps not <laughs> ish. yeah it, it is and that's exactly why i'm i'm where i am in liked it um yeah yeah it it didn't bug me as much as i think it bugged you but i, I totally get where you're coming from yeah there's I just think the movie could have done more subtly or not subtly to help the audience find a foundation of how to interpret the confusion. Um, and and I don't know that that ruins anything they were trying to do, really. Like, 
I, I mean, I, you don't want you don't want to have to say. Uh, I mean, what ruins is it if you have to say like, "This is real. This is not. This is real. This is yeah. not." Like, you don't want that. <laughs> Randy Tyler it. Do but, a spy rule. But there are the beauty of the best movies that have a big story turn at the end is you want to immediately rewatch them because mm-hmm. you have new information that unlocks the you know the the puzzle that you were you know watching before and this this movie just doesn't really have that you know the no. key piece of information it gives you is just like yeah <laughs> but still but it doesn't unlock like why this was this or this was this i, I don't want to give details because i, I don't necessarily yeah. want to spoil but you know there are there are identical moments some of which are are eventually revealed to be foundational and some are revealed to be not foundational and it's like they're they're identical in the way they're presented they're identical in how we experience them um so it's yeah it's just there's there's a there's a muddledness to it that's difficult for for me so yeah um i don't know that i have a ton more to really say about this outside of spoilers um if you guys do feel free we'll we'll chat about it a little bit more um i think we mentioned did we talk about performances? Yeah, we mentioned Amy Adams is, is doing Amy good work Adams, here. But I think that she's the only one really worth mentioning. Gary Oldman's wasted here. Uh, so is a Julianne Moore. Yeah. yeah. What a weird choice. There's no reason for that to be Julianne Moore at all. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, except, I mean, you know, she wants to work. <laughs> like, yeah, well, yeah. You know what? <laughs> hey, sorry. Who, who am I to Get tell an actor that sorry. they're too good That's for right. a part? <laughs> What are you doing working for a living? How dare you? <laughs> yeah. right. Shame on you. There's no money. reason for this podcast to be made by Aaron. Somebody else could make this podcast. <laughs> I want to. I want to do it. Um, yeah, no, but I know what you're saying. There is no replacing you. Um, I, I know what you're saying. It does feel like Oldman and Moore are, are both in a situation here where I think there was a, a moment where probably the general idea of making this movie is that it would be an awards contender of some sort. You know, like that's the only thing I kind of kinda that think. Feeling, doesn't it? Yeah, because you've got a lot of names that, uh, that kind of go down that road, and you know the parts are there. Amy's always in the conversation for awards, and you know certainly Gary and Julianne are as well. So yeah, you get the sense it's like, you know, that that there's maybe some supporting actor kind of thoughts uh, possible here, yeah. but not in the way it's presented. I mean, there's just not no. enough. There's not enough old men, or not enough. Uh, you there's know, not enough for him to grab onto. Yeah, to be honest, yeah. it's pretty. It had a chance of being more, but it's pretty two dimensional. Yeah. Well, it's because I don't think a single character in this movie is fully realized. I think that they are plot devices, or are just a kind of a a trope. I guess you could say. I don't even know if trope is the right word, but like a. David, uh, which is the person I'm really thinking of, is just, he's there to, you know, push forward the story just a little bit. And, you know, you have the plot device neighbors, I'm just going to call. But they're not, they don't seem like people, you know? They don't seem like people. Mm -hmm. they're, They're what Amy Adams needs to move the movie forward. They're not, it's a shame. Yeah. The, the the female police officer in particular isn't a real person. Like I couldn't, she took me right out oh. of the movie. Yeah, she didn't need to be there. It could have been. Uh... She didn't need to be like that either. Yeah. Am am I missing any kind of underlying metaphor here that the movie plays with in its structure, or like because I don't see any way this movie actually deals with its uh, content subtextually. 
Um, like the idea of anxiety and agoraphobia, there there could be some interesting ways to deal with that subtextually where like she's, you know, in the same way that we talk about, um, what was the movie that, that uh, dealt with dementia um, that was a horror movie, a relic. In the same way that, that relic really yeah. starts to amp up its um, metaphor, you know, as it goes on, there are some ways I think you could have seen this um, do that. And I, 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 I don't know that it did, but maybe I missed it. Something that Relic did very well, and I think they could have taken that element and p- implemented it into this movie, is turn the house into a character. If she wants to be in this place forever, make it feel like there's a like there's a comfort, sure. you know, to this house, but there isn't. It's it feels void and barren and just bordering on a haunted house yeah bordering on a haunted house which by the way they say she lives in manhattan that's a (laughs) (laughs) three-story she's a trillionaire yeah how expensive is that house (laughs) that has got to be a multi 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 million dollar there's there's mold there's mold so you know that that brings i forgot there's i forgot there's mold yeah. Crucial yeah. plot device. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't say that there's necessarily metaphors, but there are some some definite triggers that I spotted and appreciated. So um, every time that she, every time that Anna wakes up, it's very sudden. There is no routine of I'm going to go to bed now. So it's hard to interpret if what we just saw was a dream or if there was a blackout. Um, mm. It's just bam, waking up next day, and that was something that that was consistent throughout the film. Um, and the reaching for the phone as well, and then totally freaking out when the phone is is lost, and that's her that's her security blanket. So I, I more appreciated the little tells and the little nods to anxiety rather than the consequences overall. I think that sure. yeah, I think you're right. That could have been done way way better. Well, uh, that is woman the woman at the window that is on Netflix. Um, it is not a recommend for me, but it sounds like I mean if you already have Netflix, it sounds like there's enough there maybe uh, from uh, Ian that he might say go ahead and check it out if you're already paying for Netflix. Uh, I yeah, if I was recommending it to myself, I would. I don't know if I'd recommend it to anyone else <laughs> because it's 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 a weird recommend. It's yeah, it's an odd one. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Uh, all right, let's move into the best ever challenge. But before we do that, do uh, just a reminder uh, that if you want to be a Sif Pop member, you can. That happens at Patreon, patreon.com slash Sif Pop. Want to let you know we are reinstituting 
the uh, monthly hangouts at Sif Pop. Uh, so if you want to be a member, those will be happening again. Uh, doing some fun stuff in the tiers as well, including um, uh, content that is ad-free for you if you are there and some other fun stuff. If you want to check it out, you can go to patreon.com slash sift pop and uh and check it all out and uh, as well as the bonus episodes that show up in your podcast feed uh too so again thank you to our current members we really do appreciate you thank you for believing in us and wanting us to keep doing this and if you're interested in being part of that crew uh just head to the patreon.com slash sift pop link and that'll get you all set up all right let's move on to the best ever challenge we've got best ever w movies uh so we are going to do best ever movies that start with the letter w now obviously in a category like this it's a fairly wide range of films i have kept mine to like my all-time favorites there are certainly great movies that i will not have uh on my list um all the ones i will mention including my honorable mentions are actually in my top 200 movies of all time uh so that's you know that's what happens sometimes with these wide categories um, but we'll have a good time. We'll go number five to number one. And if you've got something higher uh, than somebody who mentions it before you, make sure you trump it so trump. that you can talk about it uh, when it's the highest on your list. So whoever's got it highest gets to start the conversation when we get there. Uh, let's see. Um, Ian, why don't you kick us off? What's your number five? I'm so excited to do this, by the way. Um, number five, I've got uh, The Warriors. Oh. Nice. Come out to play, yay! Yay! This film, man, this is one of my early, early film memories. Probably earlier, not probably, definitely earlier than I should have been allowed to watch it. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's just a movie I watch with my dad once a year. Um, It's one of the most unique films I've ever watched. Um, I think it's brilliant. I think it's just, it's such a good film. Uh, this is on my list of shame. I've only seen bits and pieces of yes. it. Um, I don't know why that makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a movie. You haven't. Yes. Um, I've heard good things. Uh, it's just, you know, I just haven't gotten around to checking this one out. So, Andrew, have you seen it? I the... don't think you'd like it. I don't think you'd oh, like okay. it. Oh, <laughs> okay. I probably will see it eventually. Andrew, uh, have you seen The Warriors? Oh, list of shame as well. Yeah. But I have seen the, the, the clip come out to play. Yay. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. It's just a touchstone. It's, yep. and yeah. it, that scene in particular is, is fantastic. And it's, it has one of the best non vehicular chase scenes ever put to film, in my opinion. Nice. Uh, Andrew, what do you got at number five? Uh, I'm going to go with the Taylor Sheridan movie, which I was really upset we were not reviewing his new movie this week. That'll be but, next week. Uh, That'll be next week. It will? Yes. Okay. But for this time right here in the Best Ever Challenge, I'm talking about Wind River. Ah, uh, yeah. Honorable mention. Nearly, nearly made my list. What? I, is this Sorry. my favorite? <laughs> is this my favorite Taylor Sheridan movie? No. I think it is. I think it is. I like it more than Hell or High Water. Wow. Hell or High Water is so good. I guess I, I like this movie. I think this movie is really well done. I just didn't like it as much as you did, I think. No, this movie hit me like at the perfect time. I don't yeah. know. It was just the, the perfect chemistry between these two Avengers and um, <laughs> and the story that they are, are, you know, in. Aaron, or actually both of you, have either of you guys watched uh, Yellowstone yet? No. No, I haven't gotten around to no. watching it. On, it is on my, my... I have such a long list of TV things I need to watch. Yeah. It's it's super good. I be- you can definitely... 
I, I believe it is good. Everybody tells me it's good. I have yeah. such a hard time starting dramas. I, I just like when I want to watch TV, I just want I want re- reality junk. I want sitcom laughs. <laughs> I like like I get enough drama in my movie watching that I, I just think like for TV, it's just like, I don't know if I want to watch, you know, Costner Western for hours and hours and hours and hours because then it feels like, you know, like a, you know, 20 hour movie. And I'm just like, I'm, yeah. I'm not ready for that. Heavy. Yeah. Enough people have recommended it, it, recommended it to me that I trust mm-hmm. that I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, apparently uh, he didn't even direct Hell or High Water. He just wrote it. Correct. Yeah. I, I thought he directed that one, too. I mean, the guy has written a lot of stuff like Sicario, Hell or High Water, uh, all those goodies. But uh, this uh, Wind River, I think, is just the way that, you know, it brings in the element of the life on the reservation and how hard that is and, you know, suppression and stuff like that. On top of uh, a murder mystery, I think that this just hits all the right notes for me. Yeah, it's really good. I think it is absolutely a a fine choice for number five. Um, All right, my number five is Wonder Woman 1984. Just kidding. No, it is not. Get out of town. (laughs) Uh, that's just trolling Danae, who is, who is watching right now. Uh, so no, my number five (laughs) is waiting for Guffman. Um, I love it. This movie is so much fun and I don't know how many of the Christopher Guest movies you have seen, uh, back when he was absolutely nailing these improv movies. Um, it's just, it's great. And of course, Spinal Tap is kind of the first in that series, although that is technically a, um, not a... Yeah, that's a Reiner movie, not uh, Christopher Guest. But, you know, you've got Best in Show. You've got, you know, all that crew there. But Waiting for Guffman was kind of one of those first ones that I was like, oh, this is this is fun. This is really fun yeah. stuff. So highly recommend well, every, it. Every char- it's a character film. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm just going to go home and bite my pillow. <laughs> it's so good. He's a lovable character, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely wonderful. Uh, so, yeah, Waiting for Guffman is my number five. Uh, all right, number fours. What do you got, Ian? I will be shocked if um, I don't get trumped on this one, but Wally. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely yeah. getting trumped on that one. Yeah, it <laughs> wasn't even worth mentioning, so I'm, go yeah. on. <laughs> Move along. Andrew, what's your number four? I'm going with, uh, this one might get trumped, The Wolf of Wall Street. Not by me. List of shame. I just cannot oh. commit to, it's like seven and a half hours long. I just cannot <laughs> commit to that. It, it feels like it. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, I know why people don't like this movie and especially I know why somebody like Aaron doesn't like this sure, movie because yeah. it's the glorification of the lifestyle mm-hmm. that it can feel that way. Be glorifying. Sure. Yeah. 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 It's, it's just, but at the sorry. same time, it's such a wild ride to see like this, this happened. This, this really, these are, there are people out there like this, that that is what I find intriguing about this movie. Like, I can't believe that there's somebody out there who is this obsessed with money or this power hungry or stuff like that. And then at the same time, you have this element, which I'll just quickly touch on of, you know, the Kyle Chandler uh, element of this movie. Like, I'm going to get you like the power of law versus the power of money, which is more powerful, you know? And it's interesting. You have that scene with them on the yacht, like, when they're going back and back, like you're gonna, I'm gonna get you. He's like, no, you're not. It's, it's, it, it's, it's a very different yet very similar 
to in heat when you have De Niro and uh, Pacino sitting across from each other in that diner. And they're just like, oh, we're not so different, you and I, you know, how they're both, you know, they're standing for something. It's it's a fun movie. It's it's bananas. I think, yeah, I think one of the other things is the performances in this are so intoxicating. Leo is so incredible in this. Uh, Jonah Hill, right? Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill is incredible in this. Kyle Chandler, you mentioned. Yeah, that scene with Leo and Kyle uh, on the yacht is just... I mean, it's captivating stuff. So I totally get it. Yeah. Um, I get why people love this movie. Um, so yeah, there you go. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street in it. Andrew's number four. My number four is Wreck-It Ralph. Um, I love nice. this movie. I think Wreck-It Ralph is slowly becoming underrated. Uh, I think it is um, so fun. Lots of uh, interesting, like... Easter egg type video game things that are fun to see, but don't like take away or dominate, you know, the story and what's going on. Uh, I love the themes here of, you know, what it means to be labeled, what it means to uh, be thought of in a certain way and how hard it is to break out of that, to find community. Um, Lots of really great stuff here. Great performances. Lots of fun. Wreck-It Ralph is my number four. Uh, On to our number threes. Ian, what do you got at number three? I don't know if this counts, so I have an alternate just in case. <laughs> but uh, and it's to do with the length, really. It is a movie. Uh, Wallace and Gromit and the Wrong Trousers. <laughs> you can count it. it. Is, Listen, I'm never going to keep you from uh, from not counting a uh, Wallace and Gromit. And what's interesting oh, is it counts man. on the Wallace and Gromit and the Wrong Trousers part. So you've got it. Yeah. Yeah. You've got it either way. The whole way through. Um, I love this movie. I mean, I love Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, I drink tea and call blimey governor. Yes, but. I love. I am the stereotype. I love Wallace and Gromit. Um, this is, I think, easily the best of all of the films. Um, it has a great little plot. Um, it's hilarious. It has a lot of heart with Gromit being rejected by by his his only family. Um, it has a great chase scene. Just the laying down the tracks. So and good. While he's on the thing and. I mean, yeah, it's physically impossible, but he does it. And, man, that is just... It's just paced so well and put together, that final chase scene. It's fantastic. I love it. It's hilarious. I will watch it every day for the rest of my life. Yep. Wrong Trousers is great. Um, Is it your favorite Wallace and Gromit? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. Uh, Very nice choice. I've never seen a single movie. Get get out. You should, man. You'd really enjoy them. It's you know, there's so much great physical comedy in them. Um, it's just, it's well, great. I love like a uh, Chicken Run and those type. Mm-hmm. Of, there's no reason yeah. why I should not have seen, you know, Wallace and Gromit yet. So yeah, it's just one of those it's things. Very similar just, humor. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's see. So we're on to my number three. Your number three. What is it? Uh, Warrior. Ah. Not the Warriors. Just warrior. warrior, yes, good choice, yeah. good choice. Which, um, it's one of the my favorite sports movies of all time. The uh, it, the elements between Joel Edgerton and Tom Hardy, it's amazing. Nick Nolte gives a career best performance in this movie. Uh, this movie's so freaking good. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. yeah Warrior's great. Have you seen it, Ian? 
Yeah, I have. It's brilliant. It, Honourable mention, yeah. definitely. Yeah, for I sure. I think it's great. For sure. Um, all right, that brings me to my number three. Uh, my number three is What About Bob? Uh, Bill Murray, oh, yeah. Richard Dreyfuss. Uh, this movie is... If Groundhog Day didn't exist, this would be my favorite Bill Murray movie. Um, and yes, that's above Ghostbusters. That's above all the other things that, that many people uh, love him for. It's above for. Garfield? It's above Garfield. I know. I know. Wow. Uh, yeah, this movie is just so Side much phrase. fun. Um, and I think I this is one of those movies that builds in such an like um it has such an appropriate build to where it's just crazy by the end like what is happening but you believe it uh because of the build of this character and the effect that he's he's having uh on his uh new counselor psychiatrist and their family so um yeah this is <laughs> this is so much fun this is so much fun uh, I think you and I Aaron we've recently had a discussion about how you really couldn't make what about bob in today's world. No. No, like, I don't think you could. Yeah. The uh because it's almost um what would you not a mockery but it's an insensitive way of talking about mental illness and stuff yeah, like I that. Yeah, I think you I think you I think you would get taken to task for the Murray, you know, representation of his agoraphobia, his, you know, uh, anxiety, those kind of things being a little cartoonish, um all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um Strangely enough, though, it's it's not it's not mean spirited at all. In fact, the the movie no. is very much loves this character and you know wants him to figure it out and succeed. And you know, by the time you get to death therapy uh, at the end, um, you know, you're just like, oh, it makes complete sense. So yeah, get away from my sister. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to you guys talk about the film, having not seen it and with no context, I have no idea what's going on, and I want to watch it. You should, man. Uh, this, I, tell me if I'm wrong, Andrew. This almost has a little bit of that British sense of humor to it, right? There's a there's a little bit of that kind of like uh, dryness. It's not quite Monty Python, but right. you can actually you can feel the 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 silliness of it all. Yeah. In good-natured silliness, yeah. but at the same time, you have the uh, <clears throat> the straight man. You know, it. I think I think you could. I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, there there are few movies I quote as much as this one, um, as well. You know, there's just so many quotes that have made its way into you know daily life. Like you know, I'll be quiet. I'll be peace. Um, I'll be peace. Oh, I love it so much. <laughs> I'm sailing. I sail. I'm a sailor. Like, there's just so much in this in this movie that's just. Um, is that corn hand shucked? Uh, there's just like line after line that just that just comes to me uh, in my daily daily life. Yeah. So yeah, Ian, high recommend. Knock knock it up yeah, that yeah, watch list for sure. Yeah. What about Bob? Is my number three. All right, number two. Um, whiplash. That's gonna Trump. be trumped. <laughs> I guessed it would be. Yeah, I, mean, I nearly trumped myself by moving it, but that sounds weird. But yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, don't do that. Uh, Andrew, what's your number two? This is where I have Wally. Me as well. I have Wally at number two as okay. well. Yeah, yeah. So we can That's go. Ahead you can both be wrong. That's fine. <laughs> so uh, Wally was number two for me and for Andrew and Ian. You had it at number four. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Um, so on all of our lists, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, there's a little bit of Wallace and Gromit here too, in that like it's yes, kind of, it's absolutely. it's got that physical humor, that no dialogue for the first, you know, twenty minutes of the movie kind of thing, and it just it pulls it off so well and you just fall deeply in love with this little robot and what he's doing and as this robot falls deeply in love with this mysterious stranger from the sky. And <laughs> it's so, so good. So good. Put yeah, googly eyes on anything and it's immediately yeah. filmed. Yeah. Put them on a carrot, put them on anything and sure. you, got, you got yourself a movie. Sure. What what's uh what's amazing about Wally is that he lives in a world of destruction, you know, yet in this world of just trash and grossness, he finds beauty. And that's really what makes you fall in love with this character is his optimism and purity because he doesn't know any better. This is just the world he's lived in forever. So for us to look at it and go, oh, look at all this trash and garbage and we did this to our planet. He's going around like, oh, look at this. This is pretty. It's a, mm-hmm. it's, he, when he finds the, the, the case that has the ring in it, he throws away the yeah, ring and he's like, oh, look at this little case. It's got it's a little so mouth good. to it. You know, it's it's stuff like that. And then you go back to his home and he just has, you know, the conveyor belt of his treasures, you know. It's such a pure movie. And I say that not only because of his, you know, emotions, but also, like Aaron said, the dialogue. It's a movie that is driven solely by emotion. I guarantee you, if you were to look at the... Uh, the uh, the script for this movie would just be a whole bunch of Wally 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 Eva 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 Wally Wally Eva Eva Wally Eva Eva Wally you know you got yourself a song until you get to the people you know yep yeah massive amounts of respect for a film that can convey that with such little dialogue and yeah convey so much emotion through something that isn't human as well it's great I love it. Uh, all right, we're to our number ones. Uh, Andrews and I are obvious, but Ian, what is yours? Um, it should be fairly obvious. It is the Wrath of Khan. Ah. I, I dropped the Star Trek prefix. Oh, you did. Sorry. You did. I, I hope that's okay. If not, I don't care. Oh, I'm yeah. still at the top. <laughs> I'll accept it. I'll accept it. Yeah, yeah. man, this movie. Um, it's not my favorite Star Trek movie, but it's my favorite W movie. It's uh, It's... Chef's Kiss. It's perfect. Uh, it is the Star Trek movie I watched growing up. And when I say the, I, I literally mean the. I didn't see any of the other Star Trek movies until I was much older. Um, but for whatever reason, we had a VHS of this. And I wore the snot out of it. I sat there <laughs> transfixed by the ear yeah. creatures and this, oh, you know, uh, this, the buttony this bay. buff. The buttony bay. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I really have a soft spot in my heart for this one uh, as well. Drew's talking about the whales. Wasn't that in three? The one with the whales is three. Yeah. 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 No, okay. four, sorry. That's no, the Voyage Home. It's the Voyage Home. Yeah. Search, Search for, for Spock, Spock is after this. Search for three, Spock is three. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. What's, uh, I know we're, it's way down the line in Next Generation, but Nemesis was always one of my favorites yeah. growing up. Yeah. I enjoyed yeah, Nemesis the as well. Yeah, it's the final of the TNG films. And it's the most the hated um, Star Trek film, Nemesis, but it's, I like it. I like it. Well, the one with the Borg is First Contact. I'm just going to know that. I thought, I thought, Nemesis was Borg as... Oh, wait, no, you're absolutely right. 
Nemesis yeah. is Romulans and Remans, and yeah, First Contact yeah. is the num- number two Star Trek film for me. It's great. That's that's the book. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of as First Contact. Then, yeah, I don't know why I thought that one was Nemesis. Oh, well, well. they're both very green. Like the the, they the are poster's green. are green. The tone is very green, <laughs> so I can see the confusion. Yeah. Uh, oh man, I love Star Trek. Yeah, uh, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Ian, are you he an original series or are you a next gen? Uh, um, which one I'm are you? everything. I'm plug everything. it into my brains. Um, the original series is unwatchable, and I will not recommend it, but I love it. Um, but yeah, all <laughs> of Star Trek, just get it inside me. Um, yeah, love it. Love do you it, watch the it. Orville? Yes. Now oh, we could we could totally do a detour here and go off onto all sorts of things. I really like the Orville. Yeah, I'm not yeah. an Orville basher. So do Aaron and I. We love, we love the yeah, Orville. I think it's great. I think it's it's doing what Star Trek Discovery can't do, um, and I think it, it's plugging a hole that us Trekkies absolutely need, so that Discovery yeah. can go off and do its new things and get the new audience, and then leave us old people to enjoy the Orville. Well, and then you've got uh, Lower Decks coming back here pretty soon too. Um, yeah, it's I great. If, I don't know if you checked out uh, Star Trek Lower Decks, but uh, yes, of course I did. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of fun I, I still i still need to pick that one up yeah it's good it's good yeah it's okay. very it's much more orville it will just again tap into oh that's a reference that's a reference but it's got some good stuff. yeah it's it's well. or it's animated orville with more explicit references um yes. okay. so yeah, yeah, and by explicit by explicit i mean clear not uh yeah not, not vulgarity <laughs> yes yeah there's a few adult well there's a, there. there's a little bit of that as well yeah. uh all right time for our number one andrew we've got whiplash here ian had it at number two it's safe to say if we had to pick one together it would be this one uh yeah, at the top yeah. um such a great movie andrew uh crazy enough i think you like this movie more than i do um it's my number three movie of all time yeah yeah so. uh so why don't you kick us off with uh just some thoughts on whiplash i mean we've we've said it all before but go ahead yeah, sure. I think that Whiplash is technically the best movie ever made. I think wow. on a technical standpoint, I think it's the best movie ever made. Performances, perfect. Story, perfect. Cinematography, perfect. Pacing, perfect. Everything about this movie is perfect. I mean, J.K. Simmons is one of the best movie villains ever, and he's a Band teacher. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's insane. You're not wrong. No, it it, it the, when this movie comes down to that final drum solo, it's one of the and they both look at each other, and they just they give themselves each other that mm-hmm. nod. It's yeah. crazy because you don't know if Miles Tellers is now a villain in this movie. If he his drank the Kool-Aid and it's some weird form of Stockholm Syndrome where he's like, you're right. In order to be the best, I have to put myself through whatever you're putting me through because that's what the greats before me did. And in the audience, we're all just going, no, everything that J.K. Simmons is doing is is horrible and wrong. But yeah. I guarantee in the back of everybody's mind, there's a little bit of a story going, He's he's horrible, but are his Worked. methods without a proof it's, of concept? It's such a sneaky conundrum movie, right? Like we talk yeah. about conundrum movies where you walk out thinking about you know the choices that are made and are they ethical and are they moral and you talk, you think about it for a long time. It's this is not a movie because it's so good because the story's so good and it's so well done. 
you don't necessarily walk out of it thinking it's a conundrum movie, but it sticks with you in that way. It does. Because yeah. honestly, at the end, like if you think about it as far as winners or losers, you don't know who won. You like who yeah. who won the movie? And it's like Yeah. Maybe yeah. both? I don't know. I think they like maybe both no did. <laughs> yeah, or no one. Yeah, like the way the way I took the ending, and this is just for my own headcanon, is that Miles Taylor did that. It was a massive screw you, and then he never plays the drums again. And and, and then that's really? it. So I can see how, yeah, maybe he goes on to be a teacher and falls into the same ways as J.K. Simmons. But I imagine that that's it. I'm done. I will never play the drums again. That was enough. Yeah. Yeah, I. it's such a perfect ending. It's such a perfect yeah. ending. I, Beautiful. you know, I... I comb through that movie sometimes like I do with movies I love this much and say, okay, what is wrong with this movie? Like, where is a choice that might have I made different? The only thing I've ever been able to think about with this movie is that at times it borders on the un, uh, unbelievable. There are moments of some of the things that happen towards the end that I don't necessarily buy in the real world. But that is such a silly yeah. thing to knock a movie for mm-hmm. that's doing what this movie is doing. And so it it like, doesn't like land in, in any meaningful. Are you? Uh, What's that? Can like what in particular do you find the accident? Because I'm, I'm having the, just just the, yeah, the I'm, accident I'm the in in get, you know getting away from that in the way that he does and finding a way to make like you know it's just I think it's great. For I the guess movie. that's fair. Yeah, it is great for it's the movie. Really it's perfect. It's perfect for the movie. Yeah. I'm just saying in like okay, I'm gonna put on my reality glasses and go. You know, okay, does this really <laughs> happen this way? Probably not. But yeah, who drumming. cares? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So. Yeah. What I'm saying is that is the closest I get to finding flaw with this movie, and yeah. it's not really that close. <laughs> Whether it's right yeah. or wrong, not my tempo is something I use every damn day. I was like, yeah. oh, Ian, can you just come and can you come and taste this? Mm. It's good. It's not my tempo. <laughs> not my tempo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That moment. Oh, that what? moment oh. where he turns from being supportive. To like just yeah. the just the uh, oh, as soon what? as he throws that chair, uh, 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 wait no let's let's just try it again let's just try it no, no. and the whole it's time okay, he's planning fun. to destroy this man the whole time yeah. that's his plan and it's just yeah oh, oh. because the scene before he's he's out with him in the hallway and he's like what's your home life like he's like oh yeah my mom left you know we're just living with my dad he's like hey hey you know all those guys in there they're all worried about how they're gonna do and stuff you just worry about you and if you worry about you you got this man you got this (laughs) and then they go back inside and he's like it's okay it's not quite my tempo it's not my tempo but you know let's try it again and then to the chair he's like why do you think i threw that chair at you and he just goes (laughs) off and he uses everything that he just learned about him Oh my gosh, J.K. Simmons, yeah. you horrible monster teacher man! I uh, no. I feel like the three of us like this movie. I feel like uh, a little bit, a, a little bit. A little I feel bit. like we enjoy this movie. Uh, so, which feels yeah. a bit bad because it is a horrible, horrible story about a horrible, <laughs> problematic man. Yeah, but we love it. Yeah, yeah, but not quite well, as much as uh, <laughs> not quite as much as Wrath of Khan. It's a much better film. Uh, yeah, but come on, <laughs> come on. He's rightfully. It was. This is City Alpha Five. Okay, you convinced yeah. me. You convinced me. You convinced me. Uh, all right, let's talk about honorable mentions. Um, I'll go ahead and throw my three out, and then if I miss some that you guys have, because like I said, I really only went with my my best of best ever. Uh, I did want to mention. Oh no, I got all of them. All of them. <laughs> all, all of the W's. Every sorry. W min- uh, mention is going to happen here. Uh, I wanted to go with classics: Wizard of Oz and West Side Story. I really love both of those. 
those. Yeah. I definitely think those are worth uh, mentioning. And then one that not many people would mention, but is one of my favorite movies of all time, What Lies Beneath, um, is a really great Hitchcockian thriller that I enjoy. Um, and so I wanted to throw that out there. I don't think it gets enough love. Uh, so What Lies Beneath uh, was another W movie I love. Yeah, I love that film. Yeah. Uh, Ian, did you have any honorable mentions? Oh, so many. Um, I made the mistake of going to like the top 100 movies of all time and then picking out all the W's. <laughs> and there's not as many as you think. But de- the list was getting exhaustive. So I was like, ugh. Um, so Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory is sure. definitely up there, the original, because yeah. obviously the new one is Charlie and it's rubbish. Um, Where Eagles Dare? Because I think that's a film that not a lot of people talk about mm-hmm. now. It, it's a classic. Um, yeah, when you when you talk about Clint Eastwood, it's usually the westerns. It's not something like this, which right. I think is brilliant. Um, the original Wicker Man, I actually really yep. like. Weird, yep. weird film, but yeah. I think it's fantastic. Um, Walk the Line, um, yeah. Johnny Cash um, biopic, and uh, Where the Wild Things Are would probably round out my list. Oh, nice! Um, I like that yeah, movie. Another weird film, but I love it. I that didn't read the books when I was younger, but that film. Just caught me on a good day. And I, I love it. I think that film was mismarketed. I think that is one of the hundred percent main reasons totally that film agree. doesn't have the love that it deserves is because it yeah. was marketed as like a family drama, you know, kind of thing, and it is just this weird, quirky look at what it feels like to be a child. Um, it's yeah. it doesn't. It's way more Donnie Darko than it is. Yeah, family, it's not. It's not movie. meant for children because children don't understand what it means to be a child yet. <laughs> it takes yeah, it takes exactly, looking back. Exactly. So, that. Yeah. yeah. There's no context. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Doesn't get enough love. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Andrew, what about you? Uh, I'll just throw out three because with a like a category this broad, you could go on for hours. But uh, I'll go with Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. One of the best animated movies ever. I uh, love film. <laughs> Wayne's World. Sure. Which is one of my all-time favorites. It's like how how you are with um, uh, uh, What's Eating Bob. Or what about what Bob? About Bob? What's Eating, what's eating yeah. Gilbert Bob? What's, what's, what's Eating Gilbert Bob? <laughs> what's Eating Wayne's uh, what about, Bob? Yeah. Actually, I'll throw out What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Yeah. Um, but uh, but like uh, what about Bob Wayne's World is that quotable movie for me? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. where you just feeling yourself quoting all the time. And then finally, I'll throw out a movie just from my childhood. It's not one of the greats, but it was near and dear to my heart for so many years. I'm going to go with Willow. Willow was also mentioned in the chat. Yeah, that's a good one to mention was it? too. Yeah, uh, yeah, others mentioned in the chat. War Games um, was mentioned. Let- and shall we play a game? And uh, let's see, uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor, which I think is a good one to throw out there, too. That's that definitely a good movie. So I saw that one in the chat. Oh, yeah. And Danae wanted us to mention <laughs> uh, the the movie that she loves is Woo Woo McChu. And uh, so, you know, just want to throw that I out. Like, for sure I like Drew Wonder Woman. Wars star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're ready for Buried Treasures, guys. Uh, it is the guest privilege to go last on this. So uh, I will kick us off. Uh, we almost did this for a main review, but did want to get some conversation on it. Um, I'm not sure if I'm the only one that's seen it, but Wrath of Man uh, is a movie, a Guy Ritchie movie that uh, just came out recently and uh, wanted to talk about that at least just a little bit because it may be my favorite Guy Ritchie movie. Now that's, you know, I'm, I Ooh. am, when I say that, please understand the other Guy Ritchie movies just kind of miss me a little bit. They're 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 a little bit um, 
over the top for me. And this is very dialed down, and I really appreciated that. Now, that doesn't mean it's not kinetic. That doesn't mean that Statham, you know, isn't kicking butt. It just means that it's not, you know, mile a minute, um, you know, heavily accented dialogue and craziness uh, that that reaches the extremes. It's a it's a very straight line story uh, about a man who is trying to right a wrong and. I followed it. I was with it the whole time. It never lost me. I never was, never had a moment, you know, where I wanted to check my phone. Uh, it held my attention. I think it makes some artistic choices, um, like the structure and the timeline of the movie is set up in a very interesting way. The opening scene is downright artistic, um, and really, really enjoyed it. So um, this movie's better than it has any right to be. And, and, and also being dialed back in that way really gives Statham a chance to show that he can act. Like, he can really act, and he does some some really good stuff here. So not sure if either of you have seen it, but I will throw it out there and just say I, I did enjoy it um, very, very much. I haven't seen it, but I'll know if I'll like it based on this question I'm about to ask. Okay, good, how good. Many, how many caravans are in this movie? <laughs> What do you mean? What do you mean by how many caravans are in this movie? How many caravans are in the movie? How many caravans? <laughs> Paddy Winkle Blues. <laughs> I don't know if I should be offended or not. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know I'm how to answer your yes. question, Andrew. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wish I knew how to answer that question. But uh, mm. but I'm... I, I, hope I, I hope I do get to see it. Um, it yeah, sound, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a guy Richie man either. Um, not not a huge huge fan, but I did like the gentleman. Um, I really I really like liked the gentleman, um, and I think he's. Um, it's hard to say the gentleman is toned down, but it is compared to something like Smoking Aces or Snap. Well, then this is definitely yeah. toned down. If you think the gentleman is toned down, uh, yeah. just wait till you see this. Uh, yeah, no, no, I'm, the I'm looking forward to it based on that. I think the gentleman was like a a good callback because you know he'd done like the Sherlock movies and stuff like that. And then when he did the gentleman, it's like, oh, okay, Guy Ritchie is going back to what he knows, like his yeah. original formula with Lock, Stock, and Snatch, and Smoking Aces, mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and Rock and Rolla even. And I actually just rewatched the gentleman the other day, and I think I liked it even more than when I initially watched it. Hmm. Like I'm coming yeah. around to really liking that movie a lot. Yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see what you think about this one, Andrew, because I have uh, other movie-loving friends who love Guy Ritchie's older stuff who didn't like this because it's so much different than his usual film. So I, I'd be curious to see kind of what you thought about this one, but um, yeah. but I really enjoyed it. Well, I thought I do, it was well told. I do like his other movies that aren't in that kind of tempo, <laughs> using yeah. the phrase from earlier. Yeah. <laughs> it's not quite his tempo, but uh, like, you know, the Sherlock movies and stuff like that. I do like those movies. So, yeah, yeah I, and I definitely am going to see this one for sure. Very nice. Uh, Andrew, what do you got? I'm going to go with a book. Okay. I've done books on Buried Treasure for a while. You guys remember Andy Weir, director, director, writer of The Martian? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. He just released a new book uh, this week. It's called Project Hail Mary. Mm-hmm. It is definitely a. Uh, it's more. It's space, you know. Mm-hmm. Except this is more space. I don't know. It's it's more grandiose than The Martian. The Martian is very yes. Well, it is space. It's all about one man, you know, on a planet trying to survive. This is a very. 
it's so much larger than what uh, uh, The Martian is. I, if I could compare it to anything without getting into spoilers, I'd say this movie is way more interstellar than what the the first book was. It's way more, you know, going beyond our solar system and stuff like that. And there is a real mystery that this uh, this uh, book entails. It's all about a guy who wakes up on a ship with uh, amnesia. He doesn't know who he is. He doesn't know what he if he's on a ship or anything like that. It's there's a whole finding out. You find out who this guy is as he does. It's really fascinating, and while I while I'm giving it all that praise, I will say that I think that The Martian just begged to be adapted to film. You know, it was just perfect to be adapted. This one might be a little difficult to adapt. It's it's not like it's roughly the same amount, but like uh, things that happen in it, I think people would find too ridiculous. There's there's things that happen in books, like when you read it that it just contextually they make it seem more realistic because you know they can have narrative dialogue to just you know him or to explain away why you should believe that this makes sense Mm -hmm. that they can't really do in a movie but at the same time i think that this is a fascinating story and if you like andy weir if you like the martian i do think you'll like this one too nice uh ian finish us off what's your buried treasure this week so I have to go with something English, um, which didn't really narrow it down as much as you might think. <laughs> so, um, so you're going with an English muffin. Uh, <laughs> indeed. I would like to recommend crumpets, please, and <laughs> mm, caravans. Um, but uh, I am going to go with something that isn't a buried treasure over here. It's a, probably the biggest thing on TV. And I might be way off base. I don't know if you guys, this is in America yet, but it's Line of Duty, um, which is a... B, that is not the right thing. Sorry. <laughs> Good effort. Sorry. But so Line of Duty is a uh, it's a TV show that's absolutely huge over here. You can get it on BritBox and a streaming service called Acorn, um, which is in the States. Um, it is brilliant. It, it follows a, um, it's the equivalent of internal affairs in um, America. So it's a department that is investigating institutionalized corruption in the police force okay um it is fantastic if have you ever seen luther um because it's luther. very similar to that okay is it the one with adrian similar. is it the one with adrian dunbar and craig correct. parkinson okay yes correct yeah um it has fantastic. an 8.7 on imdb that is Huge. amazing. That's good. And the 1.3 that it dropped was because of the final series. Uh, season, <laughs> sorry. Um, Has but it fully it is, wrapped up then? It's fully done? Or, is there, or are they going to make some more? As they say it is, but this thing is just a license to print money. So why wouldn't you make more? Especially as the final season. The final season I liked. It's not on the same level as the other six. Um, yeah. But like most British TV shows, it's six or seven episodes long. Each one is is an hour episode. Um, twists, turns, um, hard themes, really valuable stuff, especially in the, the world that we live in right now about abuses of power and how everyone is in on it and everyone's brushing it under the carpet um, yeah. and, it's, and it's not right. But it is, it, I could not recommend this TV show hard enough. It's great. Apparently you can watch it on Prime if you have a Prime membership. 
So. Oh, okay. So, so it's available. Ah, that must be a US thing because yeah, Netflix has got the deal in England. So mm. that's the world is weird. Like it took us so long to get lower decks because of a body of ocean that separates us. Like yeah. just put it on yeah. the internet. Just get it up there. That is the correct title card. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it's the worst season. You need to pick season one if you're going to pick a title card. <laughs> Can we please get this right? Troll. <laughs> uh, yeah, six seasons. Um, is each season like six episodes, six hour episodes? And um, yeah, so I think if I remember, season one is four or five episodes, and then it goes to six, and the final season has seven. But it's a mini series essentially. Um, you can binge it in a weekend. Yeah, and that's it's definitely the best way to watch it is back to back. Yeah, um, man, I I just it again a thirty six hour movie is just it's a hard recommend. Oh, you just know? do it, commit, <laughs> commit. Next time you pop in Lord of the Rings, don't do this. <laughs> what, Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings would be what one a quarter of the time investment, like the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy. What the extended? No, the extended thing is like two and a half days. That's you can. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we got a different seasonal line of duty up there for uh, you. It's for the wrong the season, but it's fine. It's good. That's still a good one. <laughs> uh, no, it sounds amazing. I do have difficulty watching uh, like things. I know I have a. It's the same with Sopranos. Everybody talks about how amazing Sopranos is. I'm never going to watch it. I just can't it seems see so myself. Overwhelming. It seems so no, overwhelming. I totally to start. agree, though. So, but there's so many episodes of The Sopranos. There's there's way 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 more than this. Yeah. This yeah, is there's one only of those shows. 30, where you, there's only 36 for. Uh, Line of Duty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Come on, yeah. Aaron. What are you doing? Yeah, only 36. But only 36. Come on, bro. You, <laughs> I challenge you to, to watch episode one and not think, how was that not six episodes of content mm. in one episode? Yeah. And you're just like, wait, what? How has it only been an hour? How did they do all of that? It's, yeah, it's great. <laughs> I'll watch... Oh, uh, so it's like, <clears throat> it's like Raised by Wolves. Yeah. <laughs> where you watch yeah. the first episode and you're like, that was like 15 episodes. <laughs> I will. Uh, I watch all six seasons of Line of Duty, but I have to be able to assign you eighteen different movies that you have to watch uh, in the same amount Good. of time. Absolute <laughs> deal. That's fine. And well, well done, Drew. That is the exact correct poster. That is exactly the one. Perfect. Well done. I'm glad we finally got that. For those listening on the audio podcast, uh, it was yeah. it was touch and go there for a second, but we got the right. Uh, or feel sorry. I don't know who's finding the video. Uh, video there. Or excuse me. Uh, image there of the uh, the show um yeah well done <laughs> worst buried treasure ever <laughs> no i love it actually I, I really think this is part of the fun of having kind of an international you know cast to what we do is the ability uh to have recommendations like this and as frustrating as frustrating as it is to know that there are these weird international laws that keep things on certain streamers and stuff comes later for everybody else and all that kind of stuff there's also the beauty of technology in that we are more than ever passing on our culture to each other um, in that way. And that doesn't just go for English-speaking cultures. You know, the, the, uh, a lot of the Asian entertainment that's influenced uh, a lot of the English-speaking uh, speaking cultures has been really fun uh, as well. In fact, so much so, like, I, I hear stuff of, like, um, they're remaking Your Name. They're doing an English version of the anime Your Name, and I'm just like... What? But, but the original's so good. Why? <laughs> why do yeah, it? Don't... I don't. I don't get it. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, um, it is part of what I love about having uh, people on in that way. Well, we did it, guys. I think we accomplished Woo! a podcast. Yay! We we yeah, set dude. out to podcast and uh, eventually made it happen. Thank you so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Thank you, buddy. Huge thanks to Phil for producing the audio and video show. Thank you, Phil. Thanks to Drew for putting together the artwork, including several different versions of one of the buried treasures today. <laughs> he's, work, he's working on his tippy toes today. Big claps for that. Uh, and thank you to Ian for joining us today. Uh, Ian, where would you like people to find you on the internet? What do you want to plug today? Well, thank you for having me, guys. It's been awesome. It's been so much fun. Um, so you can find me on an Englishman and an Irishman go to the movies, which is also wherever you, you cast your pods, you can find it there. Or um, I'm most active on Twitter, and my handle is uh, galactic underscore Dave. Which yes has a backstory. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I would, assume, Star Trek? I, I would assume. I would Have you got an hour and a half? <laughs> no, no, we don't have an hour Good. and a half. In fact, uh, we do appreciate you and uh, hope to see you again on the show. Um, if you want to support what goes on here at Sif Pop, uh, you can do that by becoming a Sif Pop member and giving monthly. Support starts at three bucks a month. There are levels with access to the bonus episodes, ad-free podcasts, uh, monthly hangouts, all sorts of fun perks. You can check that out at patreon.com slash sifpop. Lots of ways to connect with us. Feel free to leave a comment, a rating, or a review at Apple Podcasts. Or you can email us, feedback at siftpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too. So make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than holding your tongue. We will be back next week uh, with some more fun reviews. Those Who Wish Me Dead and Army of the Dead. Uh, we will have a very dead show next week. So uh, we will see you then. Yeah. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.